to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Now your host, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noelle and for Angelo this morning. Um, he's doing great. He's actually in Italy um, and we'll be back next week. But um, for right now, we're going to talk fall gardening because, whoa, the temperatures have really changed this week and um, it's still a great time to get out there. Um, not right now, this morning, but as soon as the, the rain clears, I think we'll have a good day to get out there and do a lot of different tasks um, in the garden this weekend. So um, if you haven't done so already, um, you can start lowering the the lawnmower deck about one notch a time each week. So as we keep going through October and into early November, you can keep moving that lower deck or mower deck, excuse me, down um, just a notch. And as you keep doing that, that will help, of course, start winterizing your grass okay and along with that if you haven't fed your lawn for that you know last time that fourth step or you know putting a fall uh, fertilizer down it's still really good to do that Um, and if you're going to feed your lawn once during the year I don't recommend it but if you're going to do it just once the fall is really the best time to do that so um, right now you can do a Scott's four step you can do uh, the organic Espoma fall winterizer, um, you know, go ahead, put it on a dry lawn, and then you're going to water it in. And then, of course, Angelo always recommends um, putting lightning lime down if you have not done that so far. If you have, no problem, you've taken care of it, but a good dose of lightning lime will help. And then also, um, most of us have those mulching mowers. And so when you, when the leaves start falling and you go through and you mow, and again, as you're taking the mower deck down, mulching those leaves um, right on top of the grass, no problem whatsoever. That's going to be added nutrients. It's basically going to be um, a little bit of nitrogen and carbon that's going to go back into the lawn, so that's a good thing, too. This time of year, of course, is a great time to plant trees and shrubs. The reason being is you've got cool air temperatures, so the plants don't go into evaporation and transpiration shock but you also have that warm soil still so the soil is going to help those roots establish really really quickly and to help them out of course if you can amend the soil before you plant so dig out that hole make sure it's about twice as wide as the root ball that soil that you remove from that hole you want to mix in organic matter and so petite planting mixes and um, composts and manures and sweet peat all of those um, products are, are organic matter that you can put right back into uh, the soil and then go ahead and use a, a fertilizer, a starter fertilizer like Biotone, and that works really, really well. Um, you can really do this and transplant plants, especially the woody plants, your trees and shrubs, even as we're going into later fall and they're really dropping their leaves. But, you know, it's a good indication that they're starting their dormancy. So as those leaves start to yellow and drop, no problem. You can continue to plant and transplant and it'll still work very, very well. If you do have perennials that you have not moved, planted, what have you, I want you to try to get that done this weekend, okay? Usually the middle of the month is a good time to get the perennials planted because 
because we need, they need, excuse me, about four to six weeks of establishment in the soil before a hard frost so they can get rooted in. So keep that in mind if you are going to be transplanting, dividing, planting perennials. Try to get that done as soon as possible, okay? Um, removing annuals at this time of year, anything that's yellow. I'll tell you the petunias, the geraniums, they're still looking pretty good out there and holding up. But if you do want some fall color, of course, uh, an abundance of mums, pansies, cabbage, kale, what have you are, are looking really, really good um, at this time of year. So um, if you want to change out to some fall colors, it's a great time to do that. Of course, spring blooming bulbs are available um, at the garden centers right now. And so um, it's a great time to plan. I always tell my customers it's the biggest um, bloom for your buck, if you will. And um, it's not instant gratification, but boy, 99% of the time when you plant them, uh, fertilize them with bone meal or bulb tone, you know, they're they're ready to go they're do they do what they're supposed to do in the springtime so there's there's plenty of beautiful spring color available out there and of course um, plenty of dew resistant varieties as well you don't necessarily have to plant the tulips boy um, I really wish I could but I just am not um, you know conscientious enough to get out there and spray as often as I need to with the tulips and other things that get eaten by the deer but I'll tell you the ornamental onion or allium group is absolutely gorgeous and wonderful and the rodents and the deer pretty much stay away from those and of course all your daffodils uh, most of the hyacinths either the small grape hyacinth or the large french hyacinth so there's a lot of different flowering varieties out there that are deer resistant and most of your bulb packages now do have that um, deer resistant icon on them so you can find those uh, pretty quickly um, cleaning out flower beds at this time of year of course um, if you're having trouble with weeds out there on a drier day you can apply either roundup or burnout burnout is going to be the organic formulation that's similar to roundup and um, that can help control some of the weeds that you've had trouble um, really you know controlling throughout the season of course applying mulch to the flower beds after you clean them up is going to help uh, reduce weed growth you can try preen uh, to prevent weed growth over the the winter as well. So um, as you're going through and uh, let's say perennials are starting to die back in yellow, you can cut those back, you can clean, you can pull those weeds, uh, spray them if you need to. And then again, just once that that landscape or flower bed is clear, then um, again, putting those mulch or those weed preventers on top is really going to help. Um, and of course, we, we talk about the vegetable garden at this time of year too. If you haven't cleaned out um, your tomatoes and peppers and, and what have you, it's really good to start prepping that. Of course, you can hang your tomatoes up in the garage. Angelo talks about that very often. Cut the vines at the base, hang them up in a in a drier area, um, and they'll ripen right on the vine. So it's really a, a, a great way to do that and still have a little bit more of your um, harvest, if you will, um, extending through October there. But again, this is the time to really improve your, your vegetable garden beds and landscape beds really any anywhere where you're growing plant material um, the reason being is that when you remove those weeds add organic matter again your sweet peats your compost your manures and and put that into the soil 
It has all winter season to kind of break down and become available for the plant material to use in the spring. So it's really a great time to work on, especially your vegetable garden beds. And um, again, when you want to, um, when you're done cleaning up the vegetable garden, if you sow that cover crop of winter wheat, you'll notice that, again, the soil will be rich in nitrogen for next season. And um, again, the soil will have um, just a, a great workability to it um, when you turn that winter wheat in. Um, we're also looking at bringing the houseplants in. I know um, I thought maybe we'd have a, a, a little bit more time or an extension to our Indian summer, but um, it looks like the temperatures are going to stay on the cooler side, the more, you know, fall side, if you will. So you can prep your houseplants by adding a systemic uh, insecticide. They're little granules, little kind of powdery granules, and you'd go ahead and you'd put that in the soil of the plant now, and you can do that now. They can stay outside still because, again, it's cooler temperatures, um, what we're wanting is just a, a light frost or two on those plants to signal them to cool down. And so um, putting that systemic granular on the soil, watering it in, getting the root system to absorb it and transplant it throughout the plant, or excuse me, um, go ahead and do that now. And then um, when we really get ready, spraying the leaves with an insecticidal soap, pruning them back, um, all those types of things. I still think we have about a week or so before we really need to seriously consider um, bringing everything in. But again, just getting prepped and ready to go is always a good thing. And I also was looking at the labeling of some of the um, houseplant safe insecticides. And most of your neem oil products are also good and labeled for indoor and outdoor use. So um, just make sure you check the directions, the package uh, label to make sure that they're okay to use inside, okay? And then um, looking out there for fall color, especially the grasses are looking absolutely gorgeous. Uh, my favorite right now is panicum or switchgrass. That's a native grass. It grows about, oh, about four foot tall when it's all said and done. Nice straight um, habit on it. And look for hot rod. So hot rod is a beautiful kind of dark maroon switchgrass out there. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the viburnum right now, are looking beautiful. They're starting to change color and they've also produced quite a bit of bearing. Um, Brandywine is an absolutely gorgeous uh, viburnum that has a pink and dark blue berry on it. Uh, the birds love it. It's absolutely beautiful and it turns a bright shade of scarlet red um, for the fall season. So that's a really pretty one out there. Uh, the Iteas are beautiful. They're a really easy plant to grow in this area. Um, there's there's a smaller version and a taller version. Um, so just depending on what type of height you need, but the, the smaller version is going to be around three to four foot. The taller version is going to be around five to six foot. So look out for those. And then the Hollies. Um, your decision Deciduous holly is native, and um, if you come out to the nursery right now, those hollies are burying up beautifully. So check out the red and the gold berries, and they really look great. And then, of course, there's evergreen hollies available now, too. And again, great time to plant these. Um, I don't know if you've ever been um, out to Petites and have uh, looked at our hollies, but we have one that has a male and female in the same pot. So it's called Blue Prince and Prince. And so you never have to worry that you have a male to fertilize the females because they're right there. Um, you can plant them together and they look gorgeous. And the, again, the female is, is really producing a lot of berries this year. It's just been a good season.
season for berry production on the holly. So, um, folks, we're going to take a short pause and then we'll get right back to your questions. Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noelle and Frangelo, and happy fall. And we're going to get right to the phone calls. Good morning. You're on the air. Yes. Good morning, Noelle. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you. Um, my question is about my hellebores. Um, I love them, and I didn't know if I should put any plantone or anything on them at this time of year. Great question. Um, the helleborus are absolutely gorgeous. Um, for those of you that don't know that plant, um, it's also called Lenten Rose, and it is a great deer-resistant sh- um, shade garden uh, bloomer, real early season during the time of Lent, and um, they're really, really wonderful, but they have this uh, very thick evergreen foliage, and um, sometimes, you're right, we think, oh my gosh, if they're you know semi-evergreen, should we feed them now and I don't normally recommend it at this time of year just because they're a blooming perennial they really are soft tissued technically so we don't want to force them to try to produce new growth right now Mm -hmm. we so really the primary time we feed them is is definitely in spring and then usually midsummer we'll give them one more feeding I do like to use plant tone around them or flower tone around them and um, they're set they're set for the rest of the year Oh, okay. Is it normal? Mine right now um, are very heavy, um, and they're laying on the ground. Um, Is that the normal way that they grow? Yes. Um, So right now, you're right. The foliage, because of its evergreen nature and it's very thick, um, the the leaves themselves are just, they have a very thick texture to them. Um, Yes, and especially with all the rain that we've been seeing, um, yeah, it'll kind of beat that foliage down. Um, But you'll notice if you can just, you know, when you're out in the garden this fall, if you can clean out anything, any kind of debris Mm -hmm. that's sort of underneath there, um, they're super root hardy, so you don't have to worry about mulching them or protecting them. And you'll see when we start to cool down, they'll start to kind of perk up. Those leaves right. will kind of bounce back. So I wouldn't worry too much about them. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great day and a lovely weekend. You too. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello, Nicole. Is it Nicole or Noel? It's Noel. Noel, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, I bought two small, what I call ornamental rose bushes. They're just like mini rose in a four-inch pot. Okay. And I've had really good luck growing those in my garden. And I wondered if it was a little too late to do that now. I don't think too late to do that. Um, Have you had them in pots and then, um, you know, planting them out? Or um, are you just, just purchasing right now? I just bought them yesterday, okay. and I'll take them out of the pot and put them in the ground. That's what I've done for a couple years now. Sure, I think that would work out fine. And I and you know anyone that's listening, I, you know, you can still plant um, your your shrubs, no problem. And roses fall into that category, even though the minis are are quite small. It's okay, and um, planting them out, not a problem whatsoever. Just you know, sunny spot, well drained soil. Um, I think you know we have to be a little bit more vigilant when we're trying 
trying to protect roses over the winter time and mm-hmm. the minis make it easy with their size but you know once the the foliage falls off and you can clean up around them for fall um, you can also pack them in so if you want to you know you can put a rose cone over them or you can just mulch them uh, pretty high and and they should be fine for the winter okay all right and then one other thing I've got two large hydrangea I, I call them trees. One is really a tree, and the other one is just gotten very bushy and large, and it's kind of been cringing on the front porch, and I'm not really sure what to do with it. I'm always afraid to cut them back. Oh, sure. Okay, so um, it sounds like you have a, a panicle-type hydrangea yeah. with a big cone, creamy pink flowers. Yep. Um, okay, so with panicle hydrangeas, they you're right, they, they do grow fairly large and um, fairly quickly, too. So the best time, really, with that hydrangea family and it goes for all the panicle varieties is that we like to cut them back in spring and you can cut them back rather hard and you'll hear angelo say cut the panicle hydrangeas back to a big basketball size okay so if right now if they're starting to like you said encringe in in areas or becoming you know a a, an eye hazard or a sight hazard that's not good so if you need to prune them you can right now it's not normally what we recommend because we don't want to have that plant use energy to produce new growth so we try to avoid it in the fall but if you need to of course go ahead and do that and you know if if branches are scratching the porch and all those types of things you can go ahead and remove those so that doesn't happen but your major pruning i'd recommend for you to do that next springtime when they start to flush out you know they start to get that new green growth and then you go ahead and you cut them back to the size that you need now with the tree one it has more of a trunk and then you've got your hydrangea on top so it's the same thing you want to envision your trunk um keep the trunk you know free of of foliage suckers all those types of things and then at the top where the canopy is again if you're envisioning that large beach ball or basketball you would go ahead and you would cut it back to that point and um if you want to keep it a little bit longer that's okay too believe me panicle hydrangeas they they they're so vigorous and they they grow so well that they'll still bloom and they'll still do what they're supposed to do for you okay Um, especially if after you get done pruning you go ahead and you feed them all right so we often recommend like the plant tone iron tone mix for them you can do that in the spring and then again midsummer for those okay gee great thank you so much i really love the show oh thanks so much for calling i appreciate it bye-bye bye-bye good morning you're on the air good morning hi Yes, I have a question, two questions. Certainly. One on, is it a good time to put uh, lime down in the flower beds? And oh. the other question is, cutting uh, the mop heads off of hydrangeas, okay. uh, how far and 
stuff like that. Okay, great questions. Um, as far as Lyme is concerned, it's a great time to apply Lyme. Um, again, the reason being, and, and, and you can apply it anywhere, and most of the time, I would, I would recommend, if you haven't done it before or if you haven't done it in a while, a soil test for your flower beds. I recommend them in the fall so you can really see if you're, where your pH lies. Most of the time, we are in the acidic side of that pH, so the low side of pH. And so if you can bring that pH up to back to, you know, slightly acidic or normal, um, that's a good thing. And so that's where the lime comes in. So if you're applying lime now, and it could be a pelletized lime, it could be lightning lime, which is pretty fast acting, um, you know, it could be uh, pulverized lime, any of those, it will take some time for them to break down and become um, part of the soil uh, culture, if you will. And then as spring rolls around, again, it helps the plant material absorb a lot of nutrients, um, things that were available in the, in the soil that they weren't able to absorb before because of the pH being a little bit too low. So um, that's why you'll hear Angelo recommend it all through fall. Um, as long as you can get out there, liming is, it usually works to our benefit at this time of year. Um, okay. Sorry, so that was the first question. And then the second question is you were asking about mop head hydrangeas. So they're a little bit different from what we were talking about just before with the previous caller. Um, the mop head hydrangeas are what we call the macrophylla family. Okay, so large leaf hydrangeas. They're the ones that are going to have the blue or pink pom-pom type flowers, or they're also the lace cap varieties. So if you have lace cap hydrangeas, most of them fall into this category with mop heads. Um, right now, you could deadhead them, meaning just removing the spent flowers off of them. But what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to prune down into the stems. The reason being is that right now, they have all of their buds formed for next blooming season, okay, for next year. So for 2019, those hydrangeas are loaded with buds, okay? Here's the, the problem is that um, it, we really have to protect them over the winter. Most mop heads get very desiccated from the winter, winter winds. So what we look for is with the mop heads, you can go ahead and deadhead, you know, take the flower and then maybe like one or two leaf sets down. That would be okay. And then you would want to let them die back naturally. As the foliage starts falling off, you go ahead and clean out the base of this plant. And this might be into November, so um, lots of us kind of um, hurry the process, but it's really best if we wait until November when all the leaves are off, go ahead and clean it out. And then you can go ahead and you can spray them with an anti-desiccant like Wilt Stop. I know Angelo's mentioned that before. Um, spray the stems so they stay nice and moist all through the, the winter season. You can wrap them with burlap, which helps protect again. And then you can also mulch the base with about four to six inches of mulch. But we wouldn't do that until, again, it's a little bit later and those plants have gone mostly dormant. Okay. Does that answer everything for you? Yep. 
and Thank then you. sure and then in the spring what happens is we we're, we look for that new green growth lots of times when we lose the flowers on mop head hydrangea it's because of the spring temperature it gets really warm the plants start to flush out and then the next thing you know we get another really bad cold snap and those types of frost can really hurt them so again and sometimes we lose the flowering due to that as well so if you can protect them for as long as possible um, keep them covered and then go ahead and prune to remove um, stems anything that's not producing that green flush then you'll be um, set okay okay thank you oh you're very welcome thanks for calling everybody we're going to take a short pause and we'll get back to your phone calls Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noel in for Angelo this morning. He's just in Italy right now. I hope he has a little bit better weather than we have right now. And um, we're going to take your gardening questions. Um, one thing that I didn't mention prior um, when we were talking about the mop head hydrangeas is that... Um, Really, if you need to prune them, if they're just getting way too large for the area, the best time to do that is actually in July. Um, that being said, what happens with the mop head hydrangeas is they develop those buds um, in August. They carry them and keep developing the buds um, on their stems through fall into winter so we have to protect them and then spring and then when they start to flower it's usually june and um, so they flower they go through their flowering stages granite some are more vigorous than others so they they can continue to um, flower for you a little bit longer um, but what we're looking for in july is that they are not producing those buds so if you need to really prune them back july is the time you're going to go ahead and reduce the size of that plant you know take out some older stems um, less productive stems um, and and go ahead and thin them out and that's really going to help that plant sort of rejuvenate that plant in the long run so if you've had problems or you haven't seen buds sometimes it's because of winter damage sometimes because the plant maybe is um, overgrown and the the woodiness of it is just a little bit too old as well so that that can help but that's the time you want to do it is really in the month of July, if you can renovate that um, hydrangea, the mop head hydrangea, that's when you want to do it. Okay, we're going to get back to the phone calls. Hi there, you're on the air. Good morning. Morning. <clears throat> yes, got a question. I have a couple of uh, gold gold mop uh, cypresses. Sure. And uh, can I trim those back? I didn't realize that they have gotten that large here in the last month. Oh, sure. With all of the um, water, the cypress have definitely filled out and have, have grown quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know, um, evergreen trimming right now is not a bad thing. I wouldn't recommend heavy pruning on them. Um, the way that gold sopra, so, <laughs> gold cypress kind of um, mound up and they have that one leader that kind of sticks up, you can go ahead and remove that leader. Um, 
if you'd like so it keeps that plan a little bit more compact for you and then if you need to just trim all the way around that's fine um, I just wouldn't go and remove like a foot of growth off of the plant I'd wait until we get into um, next spring um, and again it's the same reason when we, we don't recommend a lot of fall pruning because when you prune something it makes it want to produce new growth okay um, right. so we don't want it to waste all of that energy producing new growth and then the next thing you know the winter comes and could damage that new growth so you're kind of um, you know playing with fire there because if we start to damage plants going into winter that really really opens them up for other issues so again a trimming right now yeah absolutely great great thank you very much sure thanks for the question have a great day you too okay bye-bye Bye. good morning you're on the air Good morning, Noel. Hi. Uh, my question is, uh, you mentioned about mulching leaves. Uh, I was told that if your leaves have a lot of black spots on them, that you shouldn't mulch them. You should just pick them up. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, we have to look at things like this season has been filled with fungal issues. And if you have black spots on your leaves, I bet you you have tar spot on maple. Do you have maple? Yes, so um, that happens quite often when we have these kind of wet seasons, high humidity. It just, um, that's the environment that a lot of disease, fungal disease will really take off. And so um, it just, it, it happens to be that way. Yeah, it, you know, I will have to say um, if you have diseased leaves, you know, and they're really, really bad, um, it's probably a good thing to rake those you know more than mulch them in the soil but i'll tell you i uh, even so tar spot on maple leaves does not affect lawns okay oh so do you see so as long as that disease if you will is is species specific then you don't necessarily have to worry about it, um, you know, in your lawn, okay? Um, so raking them up, sure, absolutely. If you happen to run the lawnmower over them, probably will not be a problem for your lawn. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate sure. the help. Absolutely. And you have a great day today, then. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Okay, bye. Now. Okay, bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, Nicole, this is Rich from Sandusky, Ohio. I got a couple quick questions. All right. Number one. What about a hostas? Do you cut them to the ground? What do you do? Sure. So um, hostas are one of those plants that, um, again, yellow up pretty quickly when it gets cold out. And I think they're way easier to clean up in the fall than they are in the spring. Um, and, and you know, as you, as you go through the garden and you clean as you go, I think it's one of those plants, again, you can just kind of rake the leaves right off of them. And um, that's great. Go ahead and compost them or bag them up or whatever you need to do my next question is i have the most beautiful gardening plant i've tried for years and this year i finally got one that white flowers everywhere and blooms i was wondering what do i need to do to take it through the winter and try and keep it for next year okay now rich tell me what the name of the plant is again a gardenia i believe oh gardenia okay 
Okay, sure, sure. Um, so gardenias for us are a little bit persnickety. They are, I, I would say, a medium to difficulty in the houseplant category. Okay, so bear with me. Um, when did you receive your gardenia? I got it in the spring. Okay, and so have you been growing it outside or inside? Growing it outside. Okay. Okay, very good. So um, gardenias, uh, being a, a flowering tropical, they can take temperatures to about, oh, let's say 40s. Okay, they can they can handle that, no problem. Um, just like your other houseplants, we'd like them, any of them that are outside, that is, we'd like them to get into that cooler temperature range so they start to go dormant. Okay, Um Usually, we recommend one or two light frosts on that gardenia so you can keep it outside for a little while longer, okay? And those temperatures are starting to come, but I haven't seen, you know, any frost in the forecast because it hasn't been clear. It's been very cloudy and rainy. Um, so, again, you can keep it outside. Once it gets that frost, you go ahead and you can bring it under cover or bring it in the garage. They do do best if you give them that insecticide um, treatment, that systemic insecticide treatment, because gardenias can get a lot of pests indoors, okay? Yeah, I've heard slugs. Yeah, well, they get everything from mealybug to aphids to everything. So, um, it's, it's good to give them that granular insecticide treatment, okay? And you can do that now if you want to. You can do that later. It's, it's fine, but um, doing it now, at least you get a head start, because it does take a a little while to get through the body of the plant and then um, you're going to bring it inside and you know with with gardenias they are they're they like bright light it doesn't need to be direct sun but you want it to be a fairly highlight area okay yep. the watering needs to be on the evenly moist side to slightly dry, okay? We don't want them to get really, really wet because they, they'll have a major problem if they're too wet. And then as far as feeding, you don't have to feed it at all over the winter time, okay? But I do want you to pay attention to the humidity around the plant. And so if you can spray mist it to keep the humidity up, that's great. You would do that daily. Or you can put a humidity tray, which is basically just a, a plastic or terracotta saucer or whatever you have, drip tray-wise, that you can put underneath that plant, the pot of the plant, and you fill it with a little bit of, of pebbles or gravel, and then you keep that humidity tray filled with water. Okay. And as it naturally, as your home is a little bit warmer in the wintertime, that will evaporate around the plant. And that's going to really help that gardenia. They do very, very well with that. Now, here's the other thing. And that's a, kind of a tricky thing with gardenia. Once we get into the springtime, you'll notice new growth. Okay. And, um, what they will do is in order to form blooms, they need a, about a 10 to 15 degree difference difference between the night and the day okay so let's say inside the house you keep the house at 68 degrees okay in order to get them to bloom that that temperature's got to drop quite a bit 
Okay, so like 58 degrees. So if you have a cooler spot in the house that you can put them, that helps too. But sometimes moving plants around from place to place can be a little bit of a, a you know, a stressor. So again, a little bit hard to get them to bloom inside once we get them outside and we can start feeding them and we get a good degree difference during the night and the day, that will help that uh, gardenia bloom for you. Okay, Does that make you. sense? I got, a, I got a peach tree. And okay. I don't know. It's pretty thick in the middle. I was wondering if I can thin out the middle or leave it alone to the spring. Okay. So um, same thing. I don't recommend a lot of pruning right now, especially on fruit trees. Uh, oh. The best time that you want to do that is really during dormancy, winter dormancy, late uh, late winter. If you get a nice mild day, you can go out there and do it or early spring. And um, it is good to kind of open the center of the peach tree up uh, really for any of your fruiting trees, if you can open up that center, that helps with the air circulation. It helps reduce a lot of uh, disease issues, again, on that plant. So that's a good thing to do. And then um, probably just looking at it at that time of year, uh, the, the peach trees can also get sprayed with, with sulfur. So once you get done with your um, pruning and it's warm enough, you could use like a, a fruit tree spray, an all-season oil or a sulfur to kind of protect them because we've always got to watch out for insects, especially on fruit trees. And when you prune, that can kind of open them up to issues. That's why we like to do it in the wintertime when there's not a lot of insects around okay so i'd i'd wait i'd wait on that okay and then i got a hydrangea that doesn't bloom because i think it's in too shaded of an area oh okay so what what type of hydrangea is it um it's got the blooms you know they're not used it's it's a pretty small plant but okay. i think need more sunlight it gets morning sun but not anything after that Okay, so um, your mop head hydrangeas, which I'm guessing the the blue or pink pom pom type, um, they would be more. They they definitely bloom better with a little bit more sun, and morning sun is a great aspect for them. And we're looking for about four to six hours of direct sunlight on that plant. Do you think yep. you're getting that? No, I don't. So I okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if you need to move the hydrangea, now's a great time to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nicole. I'm in Sandusky, Ohio, so I'm by the May, and it gets pretty warm. You know, it doesn't, we don't frost as quick as everybody. You're right. You're right. You're lucky. <laughs> good, well, good. Thank Thanks for calling, Rich. I hope I help some other people out there. Absolutely. You had great questions. Thank you for calling. Yep, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, this is Lenny from Brooklyn. How you doing? Hi, just fine. Good, good, good. Uh, look, I'm uh, getting on 75 here in November, and I had quite an extensive background in uh, landscaping and all this and that. I don't know all the answers, but uh, two years ago I talked to Mr. Angelo Petiti. Okay. And it was in regards to my hydrangea. It just went south totally on me and died. So what I did is I cut it all the way down to the ground, didn't fertilize it. The soil was good. And then below and behold, I suck a year, I cut it back again. 
this year it's up to three and a half foot. Yeah, fantastic. With super big uh, flowers on it. Okay. And the flowers, the different ones on it, are a different variety of color. Okay. What kind of a hydrangea is that? This has got to be a rare hydrangea. It gets about five hours sunlight, but every flower is a different color, and they're multicolored. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you definitely have um, a macrophylla type or that mop head type. And um, it's interesting. A lot of people try to get what you have there where um, you can get the pinks and the purples and the blues right. all on that same plant. Yeah. And a lot, lots of times we can manipulate that sometimes with um, fertilizer, aluminum sulfate, those okay. types of things, um, and triple phosphate too. And go ahead and, mm -hmm. and, you know, fertilize that plant and really get it to, to perform for you. And it sounds like you do have really healthy soil uh, that hydrangea is able to pick up whatever nutrients it needs. And so um, it sounds like you're getting those multicolored blooms, and that's wonderful. Well, um, I don't use any pesticides hardly at all. That's I don't great. Use that anymore. Be truth with you, I'm just, uh, I had too many, too many years of that application of pesticides when I, was running country clubs and golf courses. Oh, sure. But this uh, hydrangea happened to be uh, next to the steps. Okay. okay. And uh, after analyzing the situation, what I did is we just totally avoided. Uh, I had somebody else doing my snow removal, and they were using excessive amounts of salt, and a lot of it ended up on both sides. Oh, sure. And I think that contributed to the degradation of that hydrangea. What do you think? Absolutely. You're you're right on the right track. Absolutely. Salt salt can damage hydrangeas, yes. Um they are they have a little bit of a tolerance to it, but mo like I said, most plants it's good to keep the salt away from them. Well, I appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Lenny. Thanks for calling in. Bye. Bye bye. I also wanted to mention real quick, um, LA Dreaming is a mop head hydrangea and it's newer and, um, it's one of those hydrangeas that, um, it does have that capability of developing a lot of different colors on the same plant. Um, again, still needs to be fertilized, still looks really, really great. Um, but it, it's a repeat blooming, uh, mop head. And so if you want to achieve what Lenny has, um, LA Dreaming is a good way to start there. So, okay, we're going to get back to the phone calls good morning you're on the air hey good morning hi hey my name is dave hey i've got uh, two holly bushes okay and uh, i want to prune them and also move them somewhere else they're rather large though can i do that this time of year or do i have to wait sure do you have evergreen or do you have deciduous holly I don't know what the difference is. okay so deciduous holly is the one that's going to lose its leaves and evergreen is going to keep its leaves I think they're evergreen. Okay, and they're kind of um, sharp. They have they have teeth on the yeah, leaves. They're sharp. Yeah, there's, there's some berries on them now too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so your evergreen hollies, um, uh, absolutely, you can transplant. 
this time of year, no problem whatsoever. Um, you can go ahead and get those new holes dug to, you know, make sure that they're ready to get moved when you're ready to do that. And I, I tend to dig the new holes first and then go back, give that holly a little bit more time to just kind of, again, go into dormancy. And then, um, as we get these moist, you know, uh, we have these moist mornings and what have you, it's a lot easier to dig. So you can dig around, um, give the holly a good root ball. We usually go out to the drip line and kind of dig down about six inches at the drip line and keep trying to dig down a little bit further towards the center so you have a nice like um, six to ten inch uh, root ball uh, as far as depth is concerned and then um, when you go and replant it of course you want to amend that soil so again using your your planting mixes or composts or what have you that you have on hand like a 50 50 mixture and then using biotone to help uh, root start that that holly back in that new spot okay when okay. yeah so before you do that before you even dig you can do a little bit of pruning again with evergreens right now we just do a little bit of trimming we don't don't want to prune too hard but that could help you again have that plant be a little bit more manageable when you do go ahead and move it um so a little bit of trimming right now is okay and um yeah go ahead and and move them not a problem whatsoever they'll they'll do just fine i even think that they do a little bit better if you actually let them get frosted okay Oh, but I don't get frosted first. So mm-hmm. I'm probably going to dig the holes and uh, yeah, dig rather, the holes rather mm-hmm. close to the house, so I'm not going to be able to get, you know, the drip line is basically the house where. Oh, I got you. So you're getting into the foundation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're really, they're really, they're really too big where they're at. Okay. Uh, they're close to the house, so um, all right. Well, then I'll dig around the best I can, and then biotone goes in before you put it into the new hole. Correct. Okay. Yes, good. we want it to be right at the roots to activate right at the root base. Okay, about eight inches down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd give yourself, you know, again, when we're when we're digging the holes, we we talk about um, doing twice the width of the root ball, and that really the whole idea is to get all of that existing soil out most of us have very heavy clay if you can amend that clay soil before you put it back in the hole that's going to be a lot healthier for those those hollies so um again just you know do as best as you can get down you know as as um you know low as you can and when you're planting you can keep it you know above the soil grade about an inch or so um above the soil level um that helps from putting that root system into like a, a puddle, you know, when it really starts to rain or you're irrigating. Um, so again, it, it helps when you just raise them up a little bit um, and keep them out of any potential water that might um, be in the hole. But other than that, you're, you'll be ready to go. Absolutely. Now, there are some surface roots on the top. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm cut through those is that okay yeah it's going to be fine and the whole idea is we always want you and and luckily it's been a good rainy fall um when you're watering we always want you to water pretty thoroughly and deeply if you will it's always better to water longer 
um, for longer periods of time once a week than it is, you know, for shorter periods of time every day. And so with hollies, they do have quite a bit of surface roots, but lots of times it's because, and especially by the foundation, they're trying to come up and find more water. water. Exactly. So that's why you're seeing that. But once you plant it, you can, you can take those surface roots and, you know, you can cover them over. You can even give them a mulching that will help them keep a little bit more moist, a little bit, uh, the temperature will stay more balanced around them and, um, continue to water them, you know, like once a week, you know, put the hose on that, that new planting, maybe a half an hour, an hour, just at a trickle. And that will help just keep them thoroughly watered going into winter. And that's, that's crucial when you're planting and transplanting for the fall. Uh, especially we want to make sure that they do have moisture going into the winter months. And it looks like, again, our, our rainfall is helping us out that way. Okay, very good. And uh, one more question. Sure. What do you know about river birches? Uh, do they grow very tall? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, river birches are a fantastic plant. They are a native tree to Ohio. They grow very, very well in our area, um, even in clay soils. So they do a really nice job, but they're a tall tree. It's not something that you want to plant, you know, close to the house. You want to at least give them about 20 foot away from the house. Okay. okay. Right. So, but just, just a caveat to this is there are smaller varieties. So Fox Valley, I think it's Fox Valley, I'm almost positive, is um, a smaller river birch, a smaller variety. So look for some smaller varieties. If you just Google river birch, small, um, you know, small trees, you'll you'll find them. And um, I think Fox Valley is one of them. I'm sorry, it's a little bit early. My recall is a little bit off, but I think it's that uh, cultivated variety. And um, that would work a little bit better, you know, closer to a house if that was something that you wanted to try. So I'd try the smaller uh, varieties of river birch, but they're great, great trees, beautiful, easy to establish, um, beautiful, especially in the fall and the winter. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Plant them. Okay, great. Okay. Information. Yeah, thank you. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. You too. Good morning. You're on the air. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so with our tropical plants, uh, would you say they've, they've really done well and over the summer they grow beautifully? Um, do, do I wait for the frost? Is that what I've been hearing? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and if, if um, just anyone listening, we have um, bringing your indoor houseplants inside or outdoor houseplants inside um, we have the the garden guide available at petitigardencenter.com under gardening guide so you can follow the step by step but absolutely just getting ready um, you know applying the systemic insecticide now is good so it gets a little jump start for you and it helps keep any insects off of those plants and then really one or two light frosts is what we're looking for that triggers that plant system to start slowing down and going dormant and that's what we want inside you don't want to keep on maintaining the plants trying to keep them fed trying to keep them going because they actually do need a rest period uh, so they'll do so much better for you next season okay oh, um yeah so absolutely just you a, think that they would die in the cold but you're saying no that's Oh, no, no, no. You know, again, with a frost, um, it, it might get down to 40 degrees, just be a clear night. Um, and that's not a problem for them at all. All right. Well, okay. thank you so much. You have a lovely weekend. You too. Thanks for calling.
Thanks for all the calls again this morning, folks. Um, Angela will be back next week and um, really enjoy your fall. Goodbye.